Welcome to Junior L's and Now What? Main topic, episode 32, ultimate episode 73. So I'm going to start this podcast off with something a little different. A handful of nights ago, or maybe a week ago, well, yeah, about that, I had a dream that has really bugged me. And here, here's the basic premise of the dream. Uh, myself and another individual who, in the dream, uh, I had a, a pretty strong uh, relationship with from the standpoint of you know family, friend type of thing. Uh, the two of us were walking through a, uh, a church, uh, one of the churches, churches of the, uh, the church that I belong to, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And as we're walking through the church, uh, I remember that uh, at the very least, I was wearing uh, clothes that needed to be changed into something else. And I don't know if it was because I was like in clothes that I was using to clean the church with, and then I, I was going to have to change it to something more appropriate for another activity something relatively benign like that. Anyway, the two of us are walking through the church and we entered into the chapel. And for those of you who may not know, in uh, these churches, the chapel is really one of the most important locations, for lack of a better word, sacred locations in the church, uh, where the most some of the most important activities are performed, most specifically the sacrament. And the, the rules that surround the, the chapel are a bit more strong than the rest of the, the church. Uh, for example, um, most of the places in your church, you can take pictures and that and record and, and have those types of activities occur. Um, but in the chapel, those things are, for the most part, typically not allowed. Um, and, and it's more out of sacredness and respect than anything. So anyways, as we're walking through, uh, I remember making the comment that um, I needed to change. So let's go find a different place in the building for me to do so, because I think this other individual was carrying a bag with my clothes or something like that in it. And just as we're about to leave the chapel, this individual turned to me and said, why not change right here? And I said, well, because specifically this room is a sacred place and I don't feel comfortable doing it. We need to find another place. And they said, what makes it sacred? Now, I have to say that the phrase was not used as an inquiry for knowledge growth. It was made spitefully um, with the intent to create conflict. And I woke up immediately after the question was asked, and I was never able to answer it in the dream. And it's really, really bothered me since then. And so I've, I've begun to really seriously think about that. And I don't know if, um, if it's bothered me because of the dream itself. Um, uh, as I mentioned in the interlude episode, there's a temple being built near my house, and um, that's going to be another one of those places that's going to be sacred to me and and special. And so I, I, I don't know if that's what's caused me to feel this way or, or something else entirely. Be that as it may, it's bothered me. And so uh, I'm going to dedicate this podcast to the very idea of sacredness. Um, and so uh, bear with me as I, as I walk through this, because I feel that my knowledge has increased and I'm going to share what I've gained. But uh, as with everything, there's more to learn. So let's, let's talk about the word sacred for just a moment. Um, there's many, many definitions to the word sacred. Uh, for these purposes, I'm only going to focus on two of them. So the first definition, if you were look this up in the dictionary, is devoted or dedicated to a deity or some religious purpose. We'll come back to that in a minute. The fifth one is regard with reverence. So 
let's take this and, and ask ourselves the question of what does this mean to us? How do we break this knowledge and information down to make it pertinent to, to us and our lives right now? As I see it, um, the basis of the idea of sacred is respect. Let's talk about respect for just a moment. As I see it, respect is the idea of saying that I have another human, a bipedal sentient homo sapien, um, and I'm going to put it out there to say we should respect all of them. You know, you want to say Black Lives Matter, I agree, but I think all human lives matter. So let's just put that out there and just put that on an even plane. Um, from a respect standpoint, I want to be able to say that we should treat every person with respect, which equates to saying that I want you to be treated by me the same way as I would want you to treat me, or I would want to be treated. On the same token, I want to provide you with every opportunity for you to live by your standards as much as is in my power to do. Because we all have different morals, we all have different standards. There are certain common ones that ultimately created laws, but there are a lot of things that we do differently, and we need to be able to respect that. Um, not in the form of mockery, not in the form of, of saying you're different than I, whether it's a pro or a con that they have for or against something that is theirs. And, and we need to learn to respect that they have that right to have that opinion, especially here in the United States. That's one of the, one of the fundamentals of the Constitution is that right to be able to believe. Um, it talks about in the scriptures how... Um, uh, in the premortal existence, you know, there were two plans presented, one of them by Jesus Christ, one of them by Lucifer. And the plan by Jesus Christ was, was the idea of saying people are going to have a choice and then we'll send down a savior to give them that the capacity to return. The other one by Lucifer says everyone will be saved, but they will have no choice. So to, to really truly understand that concept, that first option means we have to have a choice and no one can be forced to believe. Because the moment we cross that threshold, we've now moved to Lucifer's plan. So keep that in mind. Okay, so moving from respect, as I see it, the next level above respect is reverence. So reverence, from my standpoint, is where you're, you're viewing or treating something as something that is greater than you. Uh, and so I'll, I'll give you an example of that. Um, I have an heirloom from my grandfather on my mother's side. He's one of the only grandparents that I had for the longest period of time. I, I, I don't know if that statement makes sense, but um, all of my grandparents had passed away by the time I was seven, with the exception of one, uh, which is this grandparent in question. And he passed away when I was 14. So I have the strongest memory of him and very good, positive, strengthened memories of him. Um Anyways, he wore a ring um, his entire life, which, as we understand it, is his father's wedding ring from after he passed away. And I inherited that. And I view it as something that I revere with reverence, because when I wear the ring or I see the ring, I don't wear it anymore because I don't want to, to wear it down. It's got some engravings and stuff on it. But um, when I see this ring, it reminds me of my entire heritage, both sides of the family. It's not specific to an individual necessarily. But it's, it's one of those reminders to me that I need to be better than myself so that I can help, um, you know, make their existence worthwhile for, you know, me being here. And so that would be uh, um, reverence. And then moving beyond reverence is sacred. And, and sacred is something that transcends reverence or respect. 
And it goes to the point where it's something far greater and far more powerful. Um, it's even difficult for me to put into words how I would define sacred other than treating it with the greatest degree of uh, reverence and or respect as possible. Um, so let's let's talk about sacred then for a minute from the standpoint of uh, what things um, or, or, or how would we define something as sacred? And I would argue that there are kind of two ways of doing this. Now, I, I'm going to try to phrase this in such a way as to say that um, anything or anyone has the right to say this is sacred. So this isn't something that's unique to any individual person or religion. So I'm going to make it specific to my faith. But I think this, this applies to anybody. Um, and, and, I, and I do this because I understand my faith the best of the faiths that are out there. Um, so to that end, um, sacred is something where um, a deity, so this could be Heavenly Father, this could be Jesus Christ, says, you know, this location or this building is sacred. Now, that process is done typically through some form of dedication um, using, uh, you know, a, a, a potent prayer or the priesthood or some combination of the above to turn it into something like that. And those locations would be like a temple or a church, which, you know, a chapel, um, those types of things. And, and there are other locations. As I'd mentioned back around the Christmas time, uh, we had gone up to upstate New York and visited what's referred to as the Sacred Grove, where Joseph Smith encountered Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost. And, um, and so, you know, sacred is, um, is something that can be dictated by the deity. On the same token, there are some things that we can perceive as sacred. And so I will give you the example of my home. I don't have the right to, to say that my home is sacredly dedicated to a deity um, because it's specific to my family and not uh, global, as it were, to everyone like a temple or a church could be. Um, but what I can say is, is that it is something I can dedicate to my family and the family unit is something that is sacred and directed as sacred by by deity, by Heavenly Father. And so to that end, I can say that even if it hasn't been dictated to me, I can perceive my home as a sacred place, which means it should be a shelter from the world. It should be a place where things are better here than they would be for other people, or I'm sorry, not for other people, but they would be better here for my family than they would be for my family other places. Not because it is a better place, but because we're making it a place where they can feel safe, where they can feel that they can grow, where they feel that they can share their ideas without being mocked or ridiculed, um, where our standards are going to be uh, perhaps higher than, than around us. Um, because, you know, I believe in the philosophy that the world is going to have whatever level of standards it's going to have. But in my home, we should have uh, stronger or stricter standards, not because it makes us better, but because it allows us to have that place that could be, for lack of a better word, a sanctuary. So that you could find that peace, that, that, that capacity to step away from the chaos and, and a place where there's order. And so um, those are some of the ideas of things that could be sacred. Um relationships, you know, like, like a marriage or a family, that could be perceived as sacred. So one of the, the terms I keep using here, and very intentionally, is the word perceived. So whether it's a deity that dictates something as sacred, or a person perceives it as sacred, this is where the respect comes back into play again. And we need to learn to respect the fact that um, those places are sacred to that individual. So let's go back to the dream again, and says that, you know, look, 
you know, we're in this building and whether you, this individual who was in this dream with me, believes it or not, you know, a deity, you know, Heavenly Father has dictated that this place is sacred. And if you want to believe that or not, I also perceive it as sacred and out of respect and out of reverence to the fact that I have that belief, you should do everything in your power to help me fulfill my desire for treating it as sacred. That doesn't mean that that other individual has to break their own morals or standards for me. In fact, I would argue that anyone with any principles should always put each other in a situation where we always are helping to lift and boost the other person's beliefs and, and morals and standards as opposed to tearing them down, whether you believe them or not. Um, uh, as long as you know there's that, that capacity to continue to live your own, if that makes sense. So let's let's move on to, to my quote here. Um, what if the only way to achieve your maximum potential is to A, treat everyone with respect, meaning that uh, you, you, you treat others as you treat yourself. And I don't mean that from the standpoint of, you know, religion, race, creed, color, country, whatever. They're a bipedal sentient homo sapien, a.k.a. human, and you treat them with respect. And at a minimum respect what they revere or view as sacred. Don't tear it down, but try to help them to be able to live their life to the best of their ability with their beliefs and their standards. So, and now what? All throughout history in this world, there have been many, many wars that have been started, caused, or in the name of religion. I wasn't there for those. I'm not there for those. And I'm not going to say that they were right or wrong. What I am going to say is if both sides were willing to respect the other side for their beliefs and what they revere and what they view as sacred, I would venture to guess that there would be far fewer wars out there than there have been and a lot fewer conflicts and certainly a lot less hatred. So what I'm asking here in this and now what portion of this podcast is Step away from your own biases and recognize what others find as sacred and choose to respect them for that and see what kind of a difference that makes in your world. As just a little bit of a, a light comedy to end this podcast with, if there is anything the nonconformist hates more than a conformist, it's another nonconformist who doesn't conform to the prevailing standards of nonconformity. That's a quote by Bill Vaughn. Have a happy, wonderful, spectacular week. Remember that you're worth it. Smile and be happy. The world needs more smiles. Thanks for listening.